other generations have been through a lot of crap. Um, and I, historically, I think there's been awful things that have happened like back to back, but I totally agree with that latter point of we now more than ever, like, even if you think about a hundred years ago, there could be something awful happening on the, on just the other side of the country, but you're, you're maybe you read it in the paper at most. I don't know. Maybe it was on the radio back then. Now I'm really trying to think when the radio came out, but regardless, it wasn't in your face all the time, but just, of course, you can think about Ukraine and Russia right now. You could spend every minute of your day to day tuned into the war every minute and get new videos every minute and get new images and new political commentary on it that we have not adapted to. Like as a species, we are not used to being inundated with this level of trauma. And so where I feel like this is, we're totally getting to the double-edged sword of technology, news, social media, of like, it's great to be informed. We're the most intelligent we've ever been as a species, right? We're the most connected. And we're the, also the most inundated with imagery and images that, again, we're not adapt to being flooded with. So I, I definitely agree with that latter point that, and to me, it does go back to, it's great to be involved. It's great to be in the know, but you cannot spend your days just absorbing news all day long when the news is created to keep your attention. They want yes. you to stay on their channel, their app, whatever it is. That's how they make money and they do make money. So if you can accept that, they are going to continuously show what keeps viewers. That does not mean it's good for you or your mental health. 100%. And same thing with social media. And I've talked yeah. about this before. It's designed yeah. to keep you online. When you are scrolling or when you're watching the news or when you're binging on Netflix, you are releasing dopamine. Mm -hmm. You are getting all of these reward systems of like, good job, keep doing it, keep going. And if they can keep you online, it's designed to keep you online, they are making money. And you have to understand that that is the whole point of it. Yeah. Whether it's ads or whatever it is that they're doing to make money, they want you to stay online. And I agree with you that social media has really it's a double-edged sword. It's really made us connected, mm -hmm. but I also feel like we're so disconnected. But if you look at history and I just like you, I love history. I'm not by any means a, um, a history expert, but I am a really big nerd, especially when it comes to like 15th and 16th century history. So even if you look back to like 16th century, sorry, I'm going to bore some of you right now. But when you look at the Tudor dynasty and all the, the drama, the religious drama, when the Protestants separated from the Catholics and that was a huge turn in history. There has been centuries of trauma and war and religious turmoil and so many things if you look back at our history. So I, I think that it can very much look like our generation is just full of just trauma more than it ever has been in the history of our species. But I think furthermore that it's really just because of social media that it has made it more so look like it's it, and, and I think too, we are the main actors in our in our own movies, right. right? So it may feel like we're dealing with the worst, but I mean, if you were living through the plague, that may have been a lot worse than COVID at the time, you know? Oh, so right, right. I think it can be big perspectives. Speaking of generational trauma, I noticed with my own history and my own family 
the generational trauma that just got passed down and passed down. Mm-hmm. It, how does that affect somebody? And especially, you know, the the generation of today, because my my mother, her parents were immigrants. My mother was half Brazilian, half Palestinian. And so all of that trauma of language barriers, cultural differences, racism, war got passed down to her. And then her generational traumas, relationship issues, language barriers, lower socioeconomic status got passed down to me. And I know for me, I'm like, okay, well, what does this present like with me? Dysfunctional relationships, Mm. high empath. um, I'm overly sensitive to body language, tones of voice, um, which can sometimes be in my benefit, but oftentimes Mm -hmm. in my past with relationships, it hasn't. And I had to stop here with me. Like, I'm not going to present this with my child or to my daughter. How do you think generational trauma impacts us as a generation, or maybe just even with some of your clients that you've seen? It has a massive impact to the point where we've noted that it changes DNA. So if it's getting down to that level, and you might be like, well, why would that happen? As a species, we are designed first and foremost to survive. So when you as a person go through something traumatic, you are making changes at the cellular level that then, of course, you go and procreate. You're passing that along. So this is like when you think about it impacts to that level. We haven't even started talking about the things you're told, the things, you know, are verbally communicated to you, you know, of like, you don't go over there. You don't talk to these kinds of people. You, you don't work this kind of job. You know, all of us can easily kind of pull these messages that you were told as a kid or even a teenager, or even now, like you go talk to your parents or grandparents, they'll tell you specific messages that they've used throughout their life to survive. So Again, you're looking at it from a biological level, it's changing DNA. And then you're looking at it from, again, a connection, interpersonal level. It's all the messages you're receiving. And so now that we know this information, right, previous generations haven't known this of like, wow, trauma, generational trauma impacts you at the cellular level like this. Now, I love that you're saying like, I'm going to do differently. And it's like, this doesn't mean that we can fully protect our children, but what it does mean is you can have insight and reflection on why am I the way that I am and how do certain behaviors like the ones you just named, how do they benefit me? But how will they also hold me back when I become reactive, when I become hypervigilant, when I, again, have my moments where I'm not regulated myself and I can aggressively lean in or some people do the opposite. They aggressively avoid. So you can just think of a fight in a relationship. Some of us lean in hard and have to be right and want to control the situation. Other people are like deuces at the first sign of a fight onto the next one. But these little patterns, this is why therapy is so great. Because you can, with an expert, learn what are the messages I was taught as a kid? What are the ways that I've responded to different levels of conflict, maybe even trauma in my life? And how may I, especially if you have kids, how may I be passing this off or modeling this for my kid? 